so what about all these rising interest rates? Is this going to be a huge problem for people that want to buy a business? I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Deal Making, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like, and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. So if you, unless you've been living in a cave, you know from the various news uh, articles that have been coming out that central banks all around the world have been rising, raising their interest rates in an attempt to control inflation. And increasingly, I'm getting comments on some of my YouTube videos about people who are asking about this. And they're saying that, you know, their proposed debt service coverage ratios are changing. Um, there's one fellow who's in a, my business buyer adventure group coaching program who was talking about how uh, th with the size of business that he wants to do and the amount of leverage that he wants to apply, leverage means the amount that you want to borrow. Um, literally, as the interest rates go up, the amount he's able to afford to pay for the business is going down. And that's part of the plan of the central banks. Okay. So in order to control inflation, they have to slow down the movement of money. They have to, and, th and this is why they raise the interest rates. They make it more expensive to buy a house, to, to borrow money for a mortgage. They make it more expensive to borrow money for a car. They make it more expensive to borrow money to buy a business. And as a result, prices of these things start to come down. Less money's moving around, less money chasing, chasing the same number of goods um, causes the, the pressure on prices to be reduced. Okay. So this is by design. Now, what is the impact? Well, here, let me share my screen because I've done a little bit of uh, research here to show you. This is the this is from JP Morgan. So this is US prime rates, and this is historical. So as you can see, back in March 16th of 2020, it went down to 3.25%. And then in 2022, it started to climb. So um, I also built a little spreadsheet and uh, I know a large number of my viewers are American. So I'm going to talk a little bit about SBA loan rates because they have a, a fixed formula for how they price them. Um, but anywhere in the world, even Canada, if you're going to borrow money using the Canada Small Business Finance Act program, there's a formula. So it's bank prime plus a certain amount gives you the rate of interest. Now, for SBA loans, I went over here to NerdWallet and it, they describe here the, the actual formula. So if we're going to borrow more than $50,000 and take more than seven years to repay, it's prime plus 2.75. Very simple. That's the formula. So I built a spreadsheet over here that I'm going to share with you. I'm going to walk through it. So this is for the acquisition of Dave Co. Widgets. And Dave Co. Widgets has an SDE, Seller's Discretionary Earnings, of 300 grand. And Seller's Discretionary Earnings, remember, is the total amount of money available to an owner-operator that works full-time in the business. And so I put a multiple here of 2.3. Traditionally, small businesses have sold somewhere from the, the high one percent some things up to the mid twos as multiples of seller's discretionary earnings, not to be confused with multiples of EBITDA, which are typically applied to larger businesses. Okay. So 
I've got two formulas here. I've called one SBA big leverage and the other one Dave's way. So on the SBA big leverage route, we have you putting a 10% down payment and the bank lending you 90%. So we have 69,000 down, 621,000 borrowed from the bank. And then I worked out what the debt service would be and I used the assumption of 6% interest. So I'm dialing back the clock to 2021. What would have happened if you had borrowed this money back in 2021? So the debt service under this SBA deal is 82,700 and change a year. So if we take our seller's discretionary earnings of 300,000, subtract 100,000 to be a fair market value of the owner's wage. So this is the money that you're going to earn by running the business. That leaves an EBITDA, earnings before interest taxes, depreciation and amortization of 100 of 200 grand, sorry. If we subtract our debt service of 827, that leaves $117,000 in change. And that leftover money, we still need to pay taxes and capital expenditure because this cash flow is looking at a pre-tax, pre-depreciation. Depreciation simply represents the value of equipment wearing out. So in this business, if we needed to buy a new piece of equipment, then that would come out of that 117,000 as well as the tax burden, okay? And that's important. So you can see here, I've got this DSCR. This is debt service coverage ratio expressed as um, how many dollars of EBITDA do we have for every dollar we've committed to debt service? So you can see it's 2.42. Now, my rule of thumb is I like to see people do deals where the DSCR as a, as a function of EBITDA is greater than two. And that's just a rule of thumb. So if you're in a more capital intensive business, like a trucking company, and you're using up you know, those trucks and you have to replace them every few years, then that's not going to work. But for most everyday businesses, that two is kind of a benchmark. Now, the, the other formula I have here is a little bit different. I call it Dave's way. So it's it's a much more risk averse kind of formulation of how to buy a business. I say you put down 25% of your own money, that's 172 grand, borrow 40% from the bank. I would always look at my bank financing with respect to the tangible asset value of what I'm acquiring in the business. Um, and then we have a, a substantial seller's note of 35%. So same formula, except the debt service works out a little bit differently because I'm borrowing so much less from the bank um, I only have 36.8 roughly of debt service there. But then you'll notice that I assumed that the seller note would be a five-year amortization, 5% interest note. And so that means the seller note has a debt service of 54. And in this scenario, the total debt service under my more conservative capital plan is actually higher. Okay. So why? Well, because a good chunk of my debt is being paid off in five years instead of 10. So there's there's more money going down. The big reason why I'm a fan of the materially uh, sized seller note, of course, is because it gives you an opportunity with the right offset clause to protect yourself against any kind of misrepresentation that the seller may have made during the process of, of you buying the business. So under this scenario, um, the debt service coverage ratio is only 2.19, okay? So, but it's still above two. So it meets meets my minimum criteria rule of thumb. Now let's play with the interest rate. 
that's why I built this. So what if we now fast forward the clock to today? What would that mean if we change this interest rate to 9%? Well, we can see all the numbers change radically right away. Um, the debt service increased in both versions of this deal. But the number I want you to look at is the debt service coverage ratio. So you can see for the SBA deal, it fell to 2.12. And for the other format, it fell to 2.07. So we're still above two in both of these examples. You know, we had a 50% increase in the interest rate, but the debt service didn't increase by 50% because the debt service is a mixture of interest and principal, right? So while the interest expense has certainly gone up, it's a it's a small enough portion of the overall payment that it didn't cause the, the payment to go up too bad. Now, what if things carry on in the current trend? What if the prime rate starts to head close to 10% over the next year or so, right? Well, let's change this to 12 and see what happens. Well, now at 12%, we have both scenarios, the debt service coverage ratio has fallen below one, or sorry, below two. So now it's, it's sort of broken my rule. So as you can see, that would be a doubling of the interest rate versus 2021. Um, and it's still not that bad. Now, the big assumption here is that the business performance is static, that you'll continue to operate this business with the same amount of revenues and profits, et cetera. And of course, if you know people are short of cash because of inflation or higher debt service payments on their mortgages, and there's less discretionary spending in the economy, then maybe this business won't perform as well. But we're just going to assume that business performance is static. So, so so there you go, right? Is it a big deal if interest rates are rising? Well, I think that if you buy a business under some pretty cautious formula, like if you're, you know, if you're careful and you understand you're dealing with a risky asset and you don't overpay, then I think you're going to be okay. Now, that being said, who is in trouble here? Because there are some banks who have been, you know, who are out there talking and they're soliciting business who will actually write deals with a debt service coverage ratio of only 1.25. So let me change the interest rate back to six. And I'm going to change this multiplier here to four. Uh, I'm going to make it 4.25. Oh, I'm going to make it a little more. 4.5. There we go. Let's make it 4.4. And I'm going to have to spread this out. So let's look at this arrangement now. I've got my 300,000 of SDE. And if instead of paying a conservative, you know, 2.4, 2.5 times SDE for this business, I paid 4.4, that would cause the purchase price to be 1.32 million. Okay. Now under the SBA finance plan here with 10% down, you can see that if I work this all the way down, my debt service coverage ratio is 1.26. So in the cheap money days of 2021, there very well could have been some people who, because of leverage, were able to pay a lot more, pretty much double what I would say would be a reasonable price for the average small business, right? And the numbers would work for them if they could find the right banker who would do this deal. Now, let's take a look at this and increase our interest rate up to 
And you can see here the debt service coverage ratio has fallen to 1.11. Now, that would leave this person with only $19,000 left to cover capital expenditures and taxes, which probably isn't enough. So this kind of person is going to be in trouble today. A person who overpaid for a business back in 2021 when money was cheap. And, you know, I've seen all kinds of examples of this in some of the conversations that I've seen on Twitter and things where people are throwing around numbers of what they're paying for businesses. And when I work with buyers who bring me deals where we see these small businesses like the one I'm describing with asking prices of four and five and six times SDE. Now, clearly those are asking prices and none of the people that work with me end up paying those prices because I point out just how risky these assets are, the, these businesses. But this is the kind of person, if they were able to pull off a deal like this last year, that is definitely going to be in trouble with these higher interest rates. If I were to increase this to 12%, for example, now they this in this case, there would not be enough money to service the debt and have anything left over for capital expenditures and taxes. And I can tell you what would happen to this person is that they would start to erode this budget. The, the owner's wage budget would be probably the first one that would start to, to decline. Uh, and then they would start trying to figure out if they could let people go and cut other expenses in the business. So rising interest rates, they're going to have an impact on the economy. If you maximize your borrowing ability, if you maximize leverage, you are certainly going to be more susceptible to negative outcomes if interest rates go up. There's no question about that. I think that as we move forward, you need to work into your models what is going to happen if interest rates continue to go up. And, and I don't think double digit interest rates that you pay on your loans is going to be out of the question. Um, because all of these things are tied to bank rates, uh, the bank prime. And as we've seen, the bank prime has been climbing. I'll go back here to this JP Morgan Chase thing. So the, you know, right now we're at 6.25. Um, if you're adding 2.75 or three points to this, then very shortly we will be in double digit interest rates that you're paying on your business loans. So that's certainly an impact um, that you have to take into account. But if you follow the basic principles and you don't overpay for a business and you understand just how risky the world of business is, make a deal that works for you, even if interest rates go up. And I think they will continue to go up. I don't think they're going to go up permanently. I don't think they're going to go up for a really long time. And if you don't put your last nickel into a deal, if you have some amount of resources in reserve to help you through some rocky periods that could be created by increasing interest rates, then it's just a matter of being able to pull yourself through probably a, a two, two and a half year period where things could get a little bit rocky. And all kinds of businesses survive that, especially if you're buying a business that's been around for a long time that's had those down periods before, and you have a good deal with a seller who is supportive and is going to be around to give you a little bit of coaching and assistance, and nothing keeps a seller tied to you and willing to create, you know, to offer a little bit of coaching and assistance, like having a material amount of seller financing. Anyway, I hope that was helpful. Um, if you want to, you know, improve your game of building little tools like this to uh, to do an 
uh, analysis and examinations and figure out, you know, what's what as far as, uh, as far as business planning, et cetera, then you should head over to bizplanschool.com where you can find out all about my cash flow forecasting and business plan writing program. Um, it's kind of like a college semester, all about how to use Excel and build these uh, forecast models for multiple kinds of businesses. There are several different example businesses that I follow throughout the entire, um, I think it's 12 or 13 weeks. Uh, each week is a different lesson that expands upon a spreadsheet. We, we start from nothing, a blank page, and we build every business up from scratch so that you get an understanding and you build the, the ability to model whatever kind of business it is that you're looking at. And with that, I'll say thank you very much and we'll see you later on. Cheers. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books and the online courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out about how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, etc. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go out to Jeff Alpaw Customs for being my tailor. Men all around the world can look dangerous, just like me, with the help of Jeff Alpaw Customs. JeffAlpaw.com. Use the code DCB10 to save. They handle multiple currencies and ship anywhere you happen to be.